Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Off the Tee, our dedicated golfing show, part of the Sporting Capital on SEM. We dive into all the goings on in the wonderful world of golf. No one better to do that with than the former world number 16, the only man with a two to nothing, two to nothing record against the great Tiger Woods. I speak, of course, of Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Great to be here again. A uh, lot to get through uh, this evening, but I thought we'd start with something a little different. We'd mix things up. Um, we like people to send you questions uh, off the 40 Winks temper text, 0433 There's a question that's come through from Toddy in Perth. Sammy, can you please ask Nick what he thinks of the Vines Resort Golf Club and please get him to answer extremely honestly. So not just honestly, <laughs> extremely honestly. Now, I don't actually know what that means, but... Neither do I. Now, I, I have fond memories uh, of the Vines Golf Club over there. Yeah, mm. I've played uh, the Heineken Classic uh, a few times. The Johnny Walker there, I finished second mm. one year. Um, third at the Heineken Classic where I lost to Michael Campbell. Played a lot of um, trainee matches around there as a young professional. The odd pro event as well. It's, I, I, I love it. It's a great facility. Uh, when I played there, it was 27 holes. I think Mark Tibbles is still probably the head pro out there. A wonderful facility, Graham Marsh designed. So he's done an incredible job. Uh, we saw we had Graham come into the studio the other day uh, for the WAPGA. He, he gave us some good insights into his architectural prowess as well. So about half an hour from where I live. So have fond memories. We, we should do a bit of that. We'll do a bit of hmm. uh, speak to some golf course designers. Um, maybe uh, an up and comer. Sure. Yeah. Like, well, get, get, we'll, we'll try and find someone with real out their ideas about okay. well, what the, the future of a, what would make the golf courses of the future. Well, there's a really good one in, in Melbourne. Well, again, there's several good ones around, but um, Ogilvy Cocking Mead is the name of a, a great design company doing a lot of mm. uh, fascinating. And, the and, first name uh, rings a bell. Uh, yeah, Jeff Ogilvy does <laughs> ring a bell. <laughs> Mike Cocking, he's a Kingston Heath member. I think he'd yep. be fun to have a chat with as well. So we can, sure. we'll go down that path. Uh, we're, we're delving into the wor- world of special guests this evening, of course, you are at the forefront of uh, Fox Sports coverage of a lot of the events that are happening over this summer. So we've just had our second uh, Australasian PGA Tour event over the weekend, the WA Open. Uh, who are we speaking to? We're going to speak to the winner last week, Dean Lawson. He, he actually had a, what did he have, about a six or a seven shot lead at one point, stretched it out to nine and ended up winning by two just to make it interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was watching the coverage when he had, uh, he was playing in a group, uh, it was him. Um, uh, Jeffrey Guan, correct? Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Guan, uh, the amateur, and doesn't he look oh. like he's going to be an out and out star? Just incredible. Um, yeah. I can't remember who else was in that group. Um, none of them. Some Dean didn't have an umbrella at one point. Um, no, that was, was Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey didn't have the umbrella. Jeffrey didn't have the umbrella. I'm, uh, that shows you what my memory's like. I can't remember the third player either. But it'll come. Oh, it was Laurie Flynn, the Queenslander. It was too. Yes, Laurie, big, tall, yeah. left-handed. He's a real talent. This young. Yeah. Guy. Mm. 
Yeah, beautiful swing. Yeah, he certainly is. Dean's uh, an interesting, you know, character. He uh, he's he's played a lot on the mini tours, won a lot of pro ams, but this was his first win in Australia. So I'm excited to chat with him later. Yeah, and um, I really enjoyed watching. There's something I find quite compelling about watching him play. I, I covered him in some of the New South Wales uh, regional events mm. for Golf New South Wales. So we're looking forward to catching up with him. Um, why don't we start with this man though? Yeah, as you said, it was a bit of a, um, you know, there was sort of four of us in it the whole day. And I think the birdie on uh, the birdie on 14 was the real turning point for me. It's a really tough par three to make two there. Felt like that was, um, you know, I picked up at least a shot and a half on the field. And then knowing 15 was birdieable, you know, getting that up and down out of the bunker. Uh, you know, 16 was a bit of a bonus to give myself a cushion, which ultimately I needed over the last two holes. But uh yeah, it feels great. It feels great to go out there, um, you know, go out there with the lead, shoot a great score, play really well, uh, and get the win. You know, it's an awesome way to to start the the season, I guess, uh, and obviously just a you know a continuation of how I feel like I've been playing over the last few months. And an added bonus for the ninth time in your career, you're number one in the world once again, first time since July of 2020, and you said since the summer of 2020 that life's been an adventure for you on and off the golf course that being said how meaningful is it to be back on top of the golfing world um yeah it uh means a lot um you know i've i've worked so hard over the last 12 months to get myself back to this to this place uh feel like i'm enjoying the game as much as i ever have uh i absolutely love the game of golf and i think that you know when i go out there and i play with that joy you know, it's definitely showed over over these last 12 months, but um, yeah, it feels awesome. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to to celebrate with my team tonight and you know the next couple of weeks because I think it's a it's a big achievement. I'm I'm really proud of myself right now, and uh, you know I want to go and enjoy this. So, four-time number one now, an emotional Rory McIlroy there, 10 years after he first claimed uh, the mantle as the world's number one golfer. Um, what did you make uh, of the win? Seven birdies to close it out um, on the final day. Yeah, he really stamped his dominance, I think. he. It, it, and a lot of the talk before the final round was, will John Rahm you know, maybe make a charge at him? Because really, mm. Rory and John were the two best players in that field. Uh, he was playing with um, Kurt Kitayama and KH Lee in the final group. Mm. And he just, he just distanced him, himself perfectly on, I think it was 14, 15, 16, making birdies. Had a nice, comfortable lead. I think it was three shots at that point. He actually bogeyed the last two holes, but it didn't matter. It gave him the one-stroke victory that he needed. But but you could really hear it in his voice. It you know, started cracking up there. It's actually the ninth time he's become number one. So, you know, you can you can become number one and you stay there for, say, five or six weeks, or you might stay there for three months, and then all of a sudden you're number two or three again, and you go out and you come back, and this is the ninth time. So his, his longevity in the game has just been something – very special. And I think before the pandemic hit, he was playing some of the best golf of his career. When, and then when that came along, his game didn't fall away. It just didn't have that same intensity and that level that we'd seen for so many years. And, and I think ever since the Masters uh, this year where he finished second, his performances since then have just been amazing. And, and, and really the biggest thing I think where he's made his largest improvements is, is with his wedge game. You know, statistically, he was ranked somewhere around 120, 130 on the tour with his wedge at wedge distance, which is about 125 mm. to 150 yards. And now he's leading that category. So it just goes to show that 
The wedges mean so much, especially to him, because he is the best driver of the golf ball in the game. I mean, his average distance for the week, last week, for instance, at the CJ Cup, where he just won, was something like 350 yards off the tee. I mean, that's just incredible distances. Now, the ball was running out a bit more. I must admit, watching the tournament, it maybe feels I was watching something in the sand belt here in Melbourne. Um, you know, the real sort of shaved areas around the greens just prove yeah. you don't need that deep rough, and it, it made for a fascinating tournament. I don't know if this texter was watching the same CJ Cup that we were. Rory playing against nobodies. Can't oh. stand the bloke. Well, <laughs> John Rahm's number five in the world. Scotty Scheffler, who finished way back down the list, is number two in the world. Uh, on the leaderboard who he beat, um, KH Lee's in the top 30 or just outside. Um, Fleetwood, Burns, Horschel, um, all finished in the top 10. Jason Day's a major winner. Um, Tom Kim, um, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, and it just goes on. Mido Pereira, um, Lowry, major winner. Uh, so I don't know if you're watching the same, <laughs> but Hey, appreciate the text. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the 40 weeks, 10 text. Let me ask you this, Nick Ahern. I'm taking this off a tweet by Dan Rappaport, um, well-known mm. golf scribe. Um, so Rory McIlroy's 2022. He's the voice now of the PGA Tour along with Tiger Woods. Um, all the work he did behind the scenes to help get the schedule changed, to help get more money in, that's a that's a big part of his year. He's had three wins, FedEx Cup. He's been uh, top – he's been 14 – he's had 14 top 10s in 21 starts, top eight in every major. And when you look at his record in the majors this year, second at the Masters, eighth at the PGA Championship, tied at the US Open, and third at the Open Championship where he was the leader going into the final day. Is it the best year? And back to being the world number one. Is it the mm. best year you've ever seen from a golfer who didn't win a major? Who didn't win a who major? didn't win a major. Yes, I, hands down. I, I can't think of any other year by any other player. I, and the funny thing is he would probably give all of it up for a major. <laughs> That's how much the majors mean. Is that right? Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but it's, yeah. it's, it's worth just shining a little light on mm. for people if, if you're just a passive golf fan or you don't watch a lot of it. So all of that just for one major. Mm. Well, the number everyone knows in golf is 18. 18 majors, Jack yeah. Nicholas, Tiger Woods, 15 majors. No one really knows how many, well, sorry, I don't say no one knows because, you know, th there are plenty of people out there, but it's not offhand. How many tour events did Jack Nicholas win? I couldn't tell you how many. It was probably up around the 60, 70 mark, something like that. I know Tiger's equaled Sam Snead's record at the moment, somewhere in the 80s. Um, but it's not a number that is very well known. Six majors, uh, Nick Faldo, Rory McIlroy. Um, I think it's four or five now. I can't, again, there's one that I so, should know. That's interesting, isn't it? So with Greg Norman, so there's a bit of back and forth going on with McIlroy and Norman. And when um, McIlroy went past Norman's total of 20 wins on the US PGA Tour, and he said, one more than someone else, and that gave me some extra incentive. Greg Norman's response was, I'll take it as a compliment that Rory wanted to beat my 20 PGA Tour wins. His next goal should be to win more than 91 tournaments globally or to maintain number one in the world for more than 331 weeks. But those numbers to you are secondary, third even, to mm. how many majors? Majors is, is basically how every professional golfer who wants to go down in history as as having that uh, status, I guess you could say, 
That's the number. It's very simple. Tiger Woods, his number for him was 18. He wanted to get to 19, basically. That was his goal from the get-go. Uh, he's at 15. You know, it doesn't look as though he's going to get to the no. to, to that mark, but that that's really what drove him the whole time. And I think, you know, Greg Norman has won two majors. Rory has won four. I just double-checked then. Um, you know, you, there, there's various players who have won one, won two. But if you can get up into that four, five, six, eight echelon, that's that's something that is just uh, beyond you know every regular tour player out there, pretty much. I, hey, I, I wish I'd have won a major, but it just never happened, unfortunately. What was uh, I, I do I do know this, but I just don't have. What was your best finish at a major? I finished tied sixth at the U.S. Open. That's that, right. That Jeff Ogilvy won, interestingly enough. Yes. Yeah, I, I had a chance, had a chance to win on that Sunday on the back nine, but uh, didn't hang on. So I where, learned, where was that at? That was at Winged Foot in, yep. in New York, and I got to the winning score with nine holes to play. I was well in, you know, I was probably about an hour, hour and a half in front of the, the final groups, yep. but my caddy starting the day said, look, if we can get to this number of five over, I started the day at nine over. That's how hard the golf course was. My caddy said, look, the winning score is going to be five over, I think. And I said, Wilbur, this is my caddy. I'm nine over for a reason. You know, how am I going to shoot four under on this golf course? <laughs> As it turned out, I turned through nine and I was four under for the day. So I'd got to five over. I just needed to par in. And, and unfortunately, I didn't. I, I made a few bogeys coming in. But five over ended up winning the golf tournament. And does that give you restless nights? Oh, you can tell I'm completely over it. <laughs> No, it doesn't give me restless nights. It, it gave me, at the time, incentive and, and the belief to know, okay, I've actually got the game to win one of these things. Um, yeah. But it just never panned out that way. Um, when it comes to the Masters? The Masters, my best finish was tied 19th. Uh, yeah. But the Masters was a very tough, Augusta National is a very tough golf course for a short hitting left-hander. It suits, <laughs> it suits a long hitting left-hander and that's not me. That's why Bubba and Phil have done so well yeah. around there because you got, if you hit, if you hit the ball long and right to left and that lands soft, which for a left-hander is a fade. Uh, right to left is a good shape around there. You know, that lands soft. Uh, for, it's a draw for a right-hander, which is a tough one to land soft. So if you can shape it right to left, land it soft, it's great. Uh, we're off and running on Off the Tee. If you'd like to contribute at any stage, you've got a question for Nick Ahern, you'd like to get involved, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to call, Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the 40 Winks Temper text. Uh, a nice one here from Gary. This show is fantastic. Um, keep those coming uh, if you're enjoying it and you'd want to get involved with Nick in any way, shape or form. This is Off the Tee. Back after this. We are the town. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, welcome back to Off The Tee. 0433981116 is the number you can text in on the 40 Wings Temper text. If you've got any questions you'd like to ask Nick O'Hearn, Michael says, Hi Nick, got any stories of your golf clubs gone missing at the airport? I know it happens to golfers. I've been pretty lucky in that regard. Uh, I've had it, um, you know, delayed, but I've never lost my golf clubs at an airport. Now, I better touch some wood because it's probably going to happen to me on my next trip, I think. so. <laughs> but I know a lot of golfers who've had to get clubs out of the pro shop or just, you know, go to the tour trucks and hopefully they can assemble something for them in time. But not for myself. I've been lucky. Any, what's the biggest name that you can remember who started a, uh, a tournament mm. without their clubs? He got me there. I, I couldn't. I couldn't even tell you because, I, to be honest, I didn't really care. I just thought, oh, <laughs> were, were, were there 
There's one less player I got to worry yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> How selfish are we as pro golfers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you forget your clubs in your semi? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Dean Lawson's going to be our special guest just after eight thirty. Who's just won the WA Open over the weekend, second uh, tournament for the Australian summer, which has uh, got going in very, very nice fashion. Um, some results because mm. uh, we we uh, normally do these in segment three, but uh, with Dean being here. We probably need to talk about what Australians did well because there were a few at the CJ um, that um, the CJ Cup, which Rory McIlroy won, got himself back to number one in the world. He won one point eight nine million Australian. Uh, but the Aussies that works, yeah. Uh, Jason Day, another good week for him. Tied eleventh. Yeah. He's making a resurgence of late. Uh, Cam Davis tied for thirteenth. Cam was doing really well after a couple of rounds, but the weekend sort of got him, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, both of them are, you know, off to good starts in the new FedEx Cup season. Um, other results uh, over on the DP World Tour in Europe, where they played the Mallorca Open. Uh, Germany's Yannick Paul. I always thought it was Paul Yannick, but it's Yannick Paul. <laughs> he he birdied the final hole for his uh, for his maiden win over there. It was an extraordinary finish. I did watch the end of this. Yeah. There was a guy called Marcus Armitage had a two shot lead with three to go. Yep. Finished bogey, double bogey, bogey. That's never that's a good right. way to finish. That's right. I did finish. read that. Yeah, and he was. Like, and you, and I don't know why, but oof. you don't. I think that's one thing about golf. You never get joy. I don't think. No. Out of somebody else's demise, because we know how heartbreaking the game is. So when mm. you read that, your heart just oh, sinks. It just it, you, you got to feel for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But best of the Aussies there was uh, Scott Hand, tied for eleventh. He's struggling to keep his tour card over there at the moment. So that'll help. He, yeah, it does help. But he he needs another couple of good finishes in the last few events. Um, and uh, Ryan Fox actually had a big chance to the, the, the New Zealander. I know we're going yep. with Aussies here, but he, he was uh, tied for the lead, I think, going to the last round. But he, he just had a real cold putter, unfortunately. He could have won his third third tournament of the year, which would have been great for him. But uh, he ended up finishing a tie for fourth. Uh, the he's Al- coming to Australia too for he's the, coming. The, the big ones. Yes, and it's the, the real big one, the Cathedral Invitational, he's playing yes, as well. Right. So <laughs> had yes, to get ne- that in there, of course. Yeah, never mind the, uh, the Australian <laughs> oh, Open yeah, and the Australian well, PGA. Exactly. Uh, yeah. no, but he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be down for a few, so it'll, it'll be great to see him here in Australia. A massive hitter. If you get the chance to go out and watch Ryan play, it is incredible how far he hits the ball. Uh, Hannah Green did well on the LPGA Tour, which was uh, over in Korea, the BMW Championship. She finished in a tie for 10th over there, and Steph Kiriakou tied for 19th. Lydia Ko, another New Zealander, yeah. she won again. I mean, she's having an amazing career. She's less, it, she's under 25 years old, and she's won for the 18th time. It's just worth a note, and it's not, don't have to get uh, all up, up, up and about, about, I'm not trying to politicise it, but mm-hmm. it is interesting. Rory McIlroy... Wins on the PGA, 1.89 million. Lydia Ko wins on the LPGA, 300,000. Australian is what she gets. And for being tied for 10th, um, so we saw that Jason Day uh, was tied for 11th. He made $252,000. Hannah Green tied for 10th, 36595 So um, they're, 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 they're starting to make inroads money-wise mm. uh, on the LPGA and on the LET, but you can just see that's where the... Well, there's the been gap a, is. there's a big stretch of late with the PGA Tour now upping up, upping all their prize money. So, uh, so the gap is there for sure. Uh, over on the Champions Tour, best of the Aussies was tied eighth Rod Pampling, and tied twenty second for my old mate Stuart Appleby. And I got to say, another New Zealand. The New Zealanders are killing it this week. Steve Alker. Steve I Alker, remember Steve. Yeah, okay. he won again yeah. over there. I, I think this could be his fourth win of the year. His his first in the Charles Schwab Cup. 
which is the season-long race that they have, and, and this was the first event of the playoffs. So if you win the Charles Schwab Cup, you get a bonus of a million dollars, and he's already won about two and a half million, three million. Well, this he won year, this for year. that. He got three hundred thirty-five thousand, yeah. mm. so even a little bit more than even on the more. Legends Tour yeah. than than the women are getting on the LPGA. Mm. Uh, the Japan Open, we had a lot of Aussies in action in that. Um, Japan Open, Sanko Golf Club in Hyogo, Japan. The winner was uh, Taiga Semikawa, who's an amateur. Adam Scott was tied for sixth. Um, Brad Kennedy finished tied for 21th. Adam Bland tied for 23rd. And Anthony Quayle um, missed the cut. You mentioned the additional monies added to the purses for some more events now. This has been happening almost every couple of months (laughs) <laughs> that, that the PGA come out and say, hey, um, we're actually going to give more money to that tournament, to that tournament. We've got more. We're going to promise that you'll make, uh, if you play X amount of tournaments um, and you miss every cut, we'll still give you half a mil uh, at the end of the season. So the Phoenix Open, the Heritage, Wells Fargo and the Travelers Championship are going to have their purses boosted to $20 million and guaranteed appearances by the top golfers, the PGA have announced. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, th- these were planned changes. What they're going to have a series of elevated events. The good news is they're going to change the tournaments each year. So that event, for instance, the Travellers, it may not in twenty twenty four. They're going to rotate the elevated events, which is great. That way, it helps out all the sponsors that are putting their money in and and it's going. Hang on, where's the love for us? You know, we've been supporting this tour for a very long time. The only thing is, they'll probably have to put even more money in to get the purses up. But. Uh, these were some planned changes that the tour had come along. And obviously this is, um, I guess you could say, uh, they've, they've raised all this because of Live Golf and, and mm. what's happened there. That, that It was planned to do all this, but they've expedited the process. Closing the gap, given that Live, it's a $25 million purse. Um, well, it's not this week. No, we'll get to that mm. in just a moment. But um, all uh, the big names at the moment, so McElroy, Rahm, Scheffler, have all committed um, to play in those. Um, they've also added, um, put big money in, uh, for the four, um, PGA, the major events for the PGA, which is the players, the three FedEx cup players events, the tournament of champions, the WGC match play memorial tournament, the Arnold Palmer, the Genesis hosted by Tiger Woods. And then players finishing in the top 20 of this year's player impact program, the PIP payments, which you explained to us, um, which is basically who's the most popular, (laughs) They're going to get a lot more money as well. Yeah, it's crazy how much uh, the top players are just getting more and more money, and 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 really, it's the players that are the big winners out of uh, out of what's happening in, in world golf at the moment. Uh, and so this weekend for the PGA, uh, there's the uh, the Bermuda, the Bermuda Championship. Yeah, that's correct. Over in Bermuda, it's it's one of their, I guess you could say, lesser stature tournaments. Um, the field in this will be quite weak. Um, we were yeah. saying that earlier, oh, Rory McIlroy didn't have anyone to beat. Well, now, when I say it's weak, there's still going to be some very good quality players over there that are playing on this, this Bermuda event, but mm. you're not going to see any of the big-name stars. I don't think they'll all be taking a week off. Uh, but what will be happening this weekend as well? That will be the Live Miami final event. Finale. The, what, what is it called again? Let me uh, let me see what it's called. It's called the, uh, the Live Team Championship, and it's at Donald Trump's... Uh, Blue Monster in Doral, Miami, where I've uh, I've played that golf to- uh, course uh, before Trump had it. It used to be a World Golf Championship there. It was pretty good design, a lot of water, uh, a lot of water, and and the format's going to be different. They're going to be playing for fifty million dollars. It's a lot of cash, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's a lot. 
So the twelve. So the way the format's going to work is it's not an individual; it's only a team event. So you have got twelve teams. The top four teams, the top four seeds, get a first round bye, and then the other eight teams are going to go into head-to-head match play against one another. The higher, so the top four seeds get to choose who they get to play against. That's an interesting thing. I mean, you, you, if you've got players that you know you can beat, well, you go, oh, okay, I might, uh, I might take take that team on. That might not be, say, five playing the number twelve seed or anything like that. The five seed might say, hey, I want to play the number seven seed or something. And the format's going to be two singles out of the four players, two singles matches, and one alternate shot or foursomes uh, format. So there's going to be three matches, and each match is worth a point, and you just got to win two out of the three points to advance. Now, the top four teams that had the first round by. They go into the second round on the on the Saturday, same sort of format. One will play eight. Well, actually, the top seed will again get get to choose whoever mm. they want to play, and then four teams get knocked out, and then you go on to the Sunday, and then it uh, changes again. The final, which is the top four teams on the Sunday. Yeah. So yep. we've had we've had match play, right? Sunday it's going to be stroke play. All four players put in your own score and add them all up, and the, the total of the teams gets. The winning prize. And the winning prize for the team that wins is $16 million. Thank you very much. Wow. So there's 50 mil for the individual. Total purse. Total no, there's purse. no individual. 16 million for first. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 50 million. And then, so the team that wins gets so they sp- 16. They, they, so they get $4 million each. Uh, the second team, they get $2 million each. Yep. Uh, third team gets, uh, what is it? 1.5 each. So 6 million for the third. Fourth is 4 million. And then five to eight get 3 million. And then nine to 12 get a million dollar each. Goodness gracious me. Uh, just quickly, cause we've got to get to a break and come back with Dean Lawson, who won the WA open over the weekend. What did you make of the comments by the chief executive of live, uh, Majed Al Saror, um, who said that he would celebrate if the Masters, the US Open, the Open Championship and the US PGA banned the live golfers from competing by saying we would start our own version mm. of the majors. I did hear that, yeah. I, I have a feeling it was more of an off-the-cuff remark in, in a, and it was a kind of, well, I'll, I'll show you type of remark. And I noticed afterwards he did withdraw those comments to say, look, the majors have a real history to them. Yes, um, you know, we can't, we can't replicate that straight away. It was one of those comments which, you know, there was a bit of ego involved, I would imagine. When are we expecting a decision about this? About the... About whether the majors are going to allow the live players to play. That's a good question. Because um, a lot of, and we, we remind people this every week, that live, which I only figured out the other day, was the Roman numerals of 54. So that's <laughs> answered a lot of questions that I had in my head. There you go. Just didn't have the courage to ask, why is it called live? Um, now I know. <laughs> This thing is Super so we, Bowls. Yeah, I, Super know, Bowls I know. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the reasons why a lot of players like Cam Smith, um, like Dustin Johnson, because they've got about 12 major winners uh, in amongst their roster. And the reason why they were comfortable signing is because, yeah, we play less golf, but we can still play the majors because we got exemptions if we've won them. And then if depending on when we won that, we've got exemptions for five years or whatever to the others. Cam Smith, that was a big reason for him. When is the decision coming about whether they're actually yeah. going to be allowed? So they thought they, they were going to get into the majors. Now, yeah. I'd be incredibly surprised if they don't. However, there are rumblings of them saying, no, and now first major next year is the Masters. I can't see them weakening the field by not inviting past champions and things like mm. that. So I'd be very surprised. Um, the decision, I don't know when it's going to be. One of the usual criterias for the Masters, for instance, is top 50 players in the world uh, come December 31, mm. they get into the Masters. Now, 
Obviously, there's only probably going to be about three or four of the live players left in the top 50 that are not already exempt. So they'll get in on those rules if those rules uh, stay. Now, the Masters can do whatever they like because it's their own tournament. They can change rules at the drop of a hat. The other majors, the US Open, the US PGA and the British Open, that's another story. And I got a feeling it'll be somewhere around the January, February, March sort of timetable for that. All right, we wait. With bated breath, um, every week we are dealing with another. Liv said this, PGA <laughs> said that. Um, it's high drama. It is. Well, and the, the funny comment from Brooks Kepter last week was, "Hey, I'm playing really well. Um, I just, it's a shame that Miami's my last event. I want to keep playing." Now, originally when he signed for Liv, he said, mm. "Well, you know, I, I want to have less, less time. You know, less time to play. I want to have more time off." So he's kind of contradicting himself a bit there. And that is going to also be the other fascinating thing is if it all plays out how they want and they are playing less golf, will they be as good? Well, that's the big question. And there's no cut, so there's no incentive to really kick on and play. Well, you're not going to grind out a mm. 71 when you know you're just going to get paid anyway if you finish way back. Can't wait to see what the turnout's going to be when it comes to Australia. I, I think they will, Australian golf fans will turn up en masse because there is a different viewpoint of the PGA held by a lot of golf fans here feeling like they've been given nothing. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Hey, um, Australian summer's got off to a ripping start. Um, Dean Lawson's going to join us, the winner of the WA Open, on the other side of this on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Well, it was a nervous finish, but Dean Lawson got it done with a par on the last. That is a two-shot victory, and he is the Western Australian Open champion. Absolutely brilliant moment for Dean Lawson. Um, Had a big lead going into the last day, was challenged, but then was able to hold off the challenges to claim the WA Open. Uh, got the spray of champagne as well. Uh, and Dean's been good enough to jump on the line with us, winning the, the second event of the Australian Summer. Dean, hello. Congratulations, mate. Uh, that moment to re-hear it, to relive it. How did it feel? Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, obviously, um, well, very excited to get my first win on the Australasian Tour and Hopefully I can keep that form going, going into the big summer coming up. Uh, congratulations, Dean. This is Nick O'Hearn. Um, you know, I, I was commentating and, and watched and, and lived every moment with you, obviously. You had that nice lead early on and you got off to a great start. I mean, you were three under the front nine and you looked as though you were coasting, had a nine-stroke lead at one point and then... I guess it was sort of midway through that back nine, 12, you had a three-putt, 14, another one. And did, did you sort of, you know, think, hang on, uh, what's going on here? Or was it a case of, no, I've got this and, and I should be okay? Uh, I just wanted to make it interesting for people <laughs> back home. No, no not really. Um, it, was, it was strange because I didn't really think about it too much and just tried to um, keep pushing the, pretty much the whole tournament and see how far I could get ahead until about sort of seven or eight holes to go, I thought, oh, I'll just try and hold on and um, that sort of style of game, obviously, in future, doesn't work for me, so um, hopefully if I'm in that position ever again, I'll um, keep trying to push further ahead and, um, 
yeah, my mindset changed quite a bit the last sort of seven, eight holes. So, yeah, little, little, obviously a lot of nerves too, um, but um, it's all learning. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful part about playing the back nine on Sundays. You learn so much about yourself, I think. And uh, I've been in that situation you've been in, and it's never, never easy. I've never had that big a lead, but <laughs> it was fun to at at the time. I guess uh, one other thing I was going to ask you, did you actually know where you stood? Did you know you had a big lead, or were you just playing your own game and then sort of thought, well, I'm probably comfortable here? Yeah, yeah, pretty much every sort of three holes, there's a leaderboard, and I'd make sure I'd ha- I had a look. Um, I, I do like knowing where I sit, and then I even walked across from, um, I think the 13th, there's a leaderboard that I couldn't really see. I even walked across to have a little look there, cause I, just to be, and I knew um, Simi was going okay, and um, I didn't really want to just sort of cruise in and then see that his, you know, shot seven under the last six holes or something silly to lose. So I, I do like knowing where I'm at. And, um, yeah, obviously it kind of worked for most of the tournament, but um, eventually, obviously, it was awesome to get my first win. Dean, now, if for those who might be listening and, and hearing us have a chat to you, uh, they're thinking, now, I know that name. I would know that name from somewhere. It, they, might, they might know you from what you did on the European Tour in 2018, a, a rare achievement, two holes in one in the season, the first at the Alfred Dunhill Championship in 2018. You got a BMW for that, by the way, worth about 250k. The second was um, at the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters in 2019, but it both happened in the same season. So my question would be, what would mean a little bit more to you? The two holes in one in a season or your first Australasian PGA title? Uh, the first win's always great. Um, I think the hole-in-ones are a bonus, and obviously it's not cheap to be a professional golfer, so they were very helpful financially to sort of keep me going um, on the tour. And then uh, to get the win, though, it's a lot more than just one shot. It's not just the one week. It's a lot of yeah. um, lead-up and preparation and um, a lot of hard work. It's like well, Nick would know. He did it for many years. Um so it's more than just sort of the week, but it kind of consolidates what I've been doing for sort of quite some time. So obviously the win's probably more important to me. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sure you celebrated very well with uh, with Ali, your your new bride. Congratulations, by the way, earlier this year getting yeah. married. Um, what What's next on the agenda for you? I think you're heading back to European Q School, is that correct? Yeah, I fly out on... Friday night, um, so it starts next week um, it's the second stage and then hopefully get some status back over there and then I'll be back for Australian PGA and Australian Open, so some big tournaments coming up which will be nice with the fields that are coming back too uh, I just was curious, do you still have the BMW or, or did you sell it? No, no I just got the um, money for it and put a nice amount off the place that Ellie and I bought and obviously put it towards a fair bit of travel. Smart. A couple of, couple, couple of flights during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Australian summer, you mentioned how exciting it is and the big names um, that we've we've got coming. Um, where 
a lot of that would you would feel is part of the fact that some of these guys have joined the Live Golf Tour. We've got Aussies that have gone there as well. It wouldn't be a golf interview these days if I didn't ask you about your view of the Live Tour. If the offer came, would that be something that you would look to jump at? Or for you, is that more about, no, I want to establish myself on the European Tour, I want to get to the PGA Tour? It does. It has thrown a massive cat amongst the, the golfing pigeons. Do you have a, a particular personal view on it, Dean? Um, no, I think I think it's quite quite good. It gives other players opportunities um, elsewhere in the world as well. Um, like it's good for golf globally, I think too, because they're going to probably get fields in different parts of the world that um, like will obviously be really good to see. Uh, I think maybe next year there might be a live tournament in Australia, and to get those players all to Australia, like very rarely you get that that many good players playing in the one field these days. Um, besides in America, so um, obviously to me, like if someone handed me a live to a card or a PJ to a card or that right now, it, I'd I'd like to have the options, but um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say no. Um, the you're you're you've had some really good results uh, over the Australian summers. You've had a 10th at the Australian Open. You've tied runner-up at the Queensland PGA. Um, you've had good performances at the Australian Summer. Does this now provide you the platform where you really feel like, okay, that's got the first win under the belt. That I'm away. And now what does that do to your mindset going into the, the rest of the Australian Summer? Yeah, it, it definitely um, gives me a lot of confidence and um Probably since I got back from Europe, I've kind of changed a couple of things with my coach and even sat down with my um, wife as well about um, the way I'm going about things and practicing and working a little bit smarter and harder and it kind of consolidates where the direction I'm trying to go towards and gives me a lot of confidence in, in what I'm sort of practicing rather than um, sort of just going to tournaments trying to wing it half the time. Dean, congratulations, mate. Good luck uh, at the European to Acute School. We can't wait, wait to see you back for the rest of the Australian summer for the big ones as well. Um, your first win, you, you'll never forget it, uh, and we're wrapped for you. Thanks for joining us on Off the Tee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dean. Really appreciate it there, mate. Uh, Dean Lawson, uh, what a performance it was. And, and I reckon, um, Nick, it was what impressed you the most that it's okay to have that lead, but when it starts to fritter away, <laughs> you tighten. Yeah, well, uh, he, he said it himself that, you know, he had this big lead and he'd been playing aggressive all day and then he thought to himself, well, now I'll just hang on. So he, he learned a big lesson there. Just just continue to play the yeah. way the way you have been and, and therefore that lead just won't come down. So um, one thing I, will, I also wanted to say at the same time was the W Open All Abilities Championship was going on over the weekend uh, at Yokine as well last week. And New South Welshman Cameron Pollard completed the WA double. He won the PGA Brilliant. at Kalgoorlie, and he won this one in dominant fashion. He actually won this by 15 shots, so he extended his lead. So congratulations to Cameron as well. But, yeah, Dean's going to learn a lot from that, and I really like the way he plays his game. He's very aggressive, a good putter, and uh, we're going to see a lot of him. Looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to maybe using him and some of the conditions he had to play and to get uh, your tip of the week, thanks to Ping Golf, uh, and also to tap in to Nick's knowledge, and we'll get Nick's view on one of his favourite courses that you can play at Big Swing Golf as well to close out off the tee on SEN. <laughs> 
You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Use Pink Golf Equipment so you can play your best. We tap into Nick's knowledge for the Pink Golf Equipment. Play your best tip of the week. Pink Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, custom built for you to play your best golf. Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. It's Synergy. So, Nick Ahern, <laughs> Dean Lawson, the biggest thing he had to battle was not only the people coming coming from, you know, coming after him, twiddling away at that lead. It rained a lot mm. during this. And I heard you and Marco in the coverage talking about this is where the caddies make their money, they keeping do. the clubs playing in the wet. Playing in the wet, yeah. Your tip, please. Well, that's the thing about golf. You've got to play in all conditions, whether it's hot, windy, wet, cold, you name it. You have to adapt to those conditions. Now, playing in the wet, obviously, first and foremost, bring an umbrella. Because Jeffrey Guan, who was in the final group last week at the W Open, he didn't have an umbrella. And I couldn't believe he was just getting soaked. Uh, various things that you want to pack. Umbrella, wet weather gear is really important. Plenty of towels. Dry towels will be your lifesaver because they will help you grip the golf club. That's one of the things that you need to have very dry when you're gripping the club is dry grips, trying to keep your hands nice and um, nice and dry as well. The other thing you can get is wet weather gloves. So um, Titleist do a really nice, uh, good ones. They're, you can actually have them on both hands. They're black or foot joy do them as well. Uh, where you have wet weather gloves where they get uh, stickier the wetter they get. Which is fascinating. That way, you don't actually have to keep your drips your grips dry. It just it just uh, naturally becomes uh, more stickier. And what about mentally? Do you change anything about what you do, or that's the challenge? Golf swing wise, the ball's not going to go quite as far, so yep. you have to allow that as well. Some of the shots around the greens, if the greens are quite wet, the ball's going to skid. So you got to factor in a bit of skid around the greens when you're chipping, especially. But off the tee, the ball's not going to go quite as far. Into greens, you're going to have to take an extra club sometimes. But again. The other thing, you know, with the slipping around, your footwork's really important. You've got to make sure you're nice and stable and obviously have good clean spikes or rubber-soled mm. shoes, whatever you've got on. They're the sort of little – it's more equipment-based when you're playing in the wet. And use Ping Golf Equipment so you can yes. play your best uh, – how to play your best golf, all thanks to Ping, the Play Your Best Tip of the Week. Ping Golf Equipment, custom-engineered, custom-fit, and custom-built for you to play your best. Before we finish up, and we're almost running out of time, uh, our good friends at Big Swing Golf, uh, it's indoor golf, it's real, it's fun, it's fast. You can play the feature course that Nick's about to talk about at Big Swing Golf. Book at bigswinggolf.com.au. Where are we going? We're going to Denver, Colorado today. And the one thing I love about this golf course, it's called uh, Castle Pines. We used to play the Sprint International there on the PGA Tour. Uh There's, There's not a tournament there anymore. One thing I do remember about it, they had the best milkshakes on tour. It was incredible. <laughs> the other thing, I don't know. The simulator does a lot. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure it's going to do the milkshakes. It is the best simulator in the yes. business. I don't know, if, but they do. But they've got yeah. drinks and food and everything at Big Swing Golf. <laughs> but if you love playing at altitude and the ball goes a long way, it certainly does there because they're about you know the Denver's called the Mile High City because uh, you're way above you know, above uh, above altitude there. So I'm not sure that's factored in on the simulator. I'm quite curious about that, but it's a very hilly golf course and you'll love it. And of course that. Vista, the surrounds oh, yeah. up in the Rockies. Just beautiful. beautiful. Oh, the trees. And, and the opening hole is a, is a re- very long par five down the hill, but it you know it might play 600 metres, but it, 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 it's probably still only a driver and a three-wood because of the altitude. Play that feature course at Big Swing Golf. Book at bigswinggolf.com.au, the best golfing simulator experience in the business. They do parties. They do functions. They do it all. 
bigswinggolf.com.au. Uh, what's coming up this weekend? We've got 10 seconds. We've got the Bermuda Championship on yep. the PGA Tour. You've got the Portugal Masters in Europe. In Australia? Um, in Australia, we have a week off. We're back to the Vic PGA the following week at Muna. That's it from us on Off the Tee. Global Game up next, a shortened version, and then it's Australia and Sri Lanka, your home of the World Cup, SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.